This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, great spot with Ian Eagle. We'll talk more about it coming up next segment on the show. That was, it was just all, like, it was all really good. It was all just really good. It was really fun. Uh, we'll give you our bets for tonight as well to close the show. NBA, NHL, maybe a little college basketball as well. But right now, let's get right to it. Let's get some NBA bets, NBA thoughts with our guy, the great Matt Moore. Matt is the host of the Buckets podcast, which is an awesome daily NBA betting podcast that we encourage our listeners and viewers to check out. All of his written work can be found at the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. His bets on the Action Network app. You can also check him out on NBA TV, doing NBA bet streams um, for like a lot of games over the course of the regular season. And he is on Twitter at HP Basketball. Also, diehard fan of the Kansas City Chiefs playing a big game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Matt, welcome to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? And let's start there. Uh, Chiefs going to beat Buffalo coming up on Sunday or what? I'm surprisingly confident. I shouldn't be. This team's not very good, but I just keep thinking that every year there's one team that's not very good that makes a run in the NFL, and that might be the Chiefs this year. So we'll see how it works out. I'm making slow cooker enchiladas on Sunday. Got everything prepped for. It's going to be a good time. So it's funny, like they're never an underdog in like any game and the game that they're an underdog, you're like, yeah, I feel really good. I feel really good about yeah. what's going to happen. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. optimistic. I, I mean, the way the Buffalo injury report goes, like maybe, maybe the same, maybe, maybe we're going to feel in the same way. We'll see how it goes and how the market shapes for that game coming up on Sunday. I want to ask you about the Pacers turn, turn of the NBA now, obviously I want to ask you about the Pacers first, Matt, we did the first two segments of the show. I was just talking about kind of the unexpected win last night over Sacramento uh, Siakam going to play tonight. Halliburton can play. The market for tonight's game against the Blazers has gone haywire. The Pacers are out to eight or eight and a half on the road against Portland. Uh, so if you have a bet on that game, that could be where we start. Otherwise, do you want to bet on the Pacers to do anything? Win an award, Halliburton, Carlisle, Matherin, win, win in the playoffs, anything with the Pacers that you think is interesting, and this can include tonight's game. So there's nothing I want to do right now. Uh, there's still live win total numbers in the market what i want to do is i want to wait a couple of games because probably what happens is like the same that happens with every major trade the market gets inflated immediately upon adding a major player especially an all nba two-time all-star and then there's oh it's a little bit hard to figure this out there's new guys like they've been on a west coast road trip and that messes with teams and then they'll come back down once this get, like if this gets back down to like 45 and a half 46 then i'll be on the over again because i've got them currently with siakam about 48. so with the number where it is right now in the market at 47 and a half nothing that's the market i want to play i've already got halliburton most improved futures i don't know if he's going to play enough games for me to get home even for him to be on the ballot 
on that one. That's the only real play I think that you can get in on. I think that Carlisle is an interesting choice for for coach of the year, but for me, it's more of he's going to make ballot. I don't think he gets past Dagonal or Finch. And so if I don't think that anybody would choose him over those guys or enough voters would, I can't go in on that one. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to stick with trying to look at that. And I think the biggest thing for me is just they are much more live once we get to playoffs than they were yesterday before the trade like this now is a team that i can take seriously they were like oh that's a fun cute like they're fun like look at the pacers like they're fun this year and i would have been like yeah they're gonna get destroyed in that first round now i'm like "Mm -mm, no they get the right matchup the pacers can make a run to at least game six round two if not if things go their way with injuries and three-point variants make a conference finals like this opens up the east a little bit more because i think this does upgrade the pacers in significant meaningful ways that provides me a delicious segue to the question I'm going to ask you, which I'll ask in a second. But first, uh, do you agree with me? And I'll ask you the real question in a second. Like, the Oklahoma City coach should be, the pronunciation should be Danielle, right? Like, it should be a French pronunciation. I, I don't like this, like, Dagnall thing. Like, I think we should just start calling him Danielle and see if it, like, catches fire and everyone starts calling him that. What do you think? Well, I mean, he coaches in Oklahoma, which is right next to Arkansas, which should be Arkansas. So, like, there's a lot of stuff going on here in the region that's that's odd. Also, if I had to say, uh, Thunder coach Mark Daniel, I would I would just want to throw up every time, Nick. So, I think that's yeah. a no for me. I'm I'm good with Daniel. Maybe, yeah, maybe he'll be the next head coach. Maybe he'll be the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. That's a good line by Ken. Also, yeah, yeah. all right, here's a real question and the delicious segue that you provided was saying. Hey man, like maybe maybe Indiana gets to an Eastern Conference final this year. Um, just on like the balance of things in the East, or Boston's rated as the best team to the point that and I, I think I said this off air earlier. I look at the spread of the Celtics Nuggets game, and I'm immediately thinking, well, someone's out for Denver. Let me go see who. Oh, nobody. Boston's just like rated this much better than everybody else, but. I don't know, like, Jason Tatum's their best player, and, like, he's great. Also, I don't know if he's the best player on a title-winning team. Missoula's still the head coach. I think there are some questions there. And you look at the rest of the East, right, with Milwaukee. Two two great offensive players, but a team that can't play a lick of defense. Embiid and the Sixers with the injury concerns. My Knicks, the Pacers, the Heat, who always suck, but then and then they're there in the final four, the final two. Like, how wide open, Matt? Or or is it not wide open? And it's just like, do you think Boston kind of cruises? How wide open do you think the Eastern Conference is this year? Do you think it's kind of like last year was? I don't think it's wide open. I think you have to respect Boston, particularly in the regular season. And you have to respect the fact that I don't think that this team loses to a team that's inferior to them, like by a a wide degree, right? And especially when I say this, I mean in a playoff sense, which is the Celtics are way, way better than the Heat in the regular season. But playoff basketball, that margin narrows. Um, I think that they're probably going to handle Indiana. I don't like that matchup for Indiana. I think they would handle probably the Knicks. I don't think that, that I like that matchup much for the Knicks. But when we get to Milwaukee, if they were to straighten out their defense, and particularly for me, it's the Sixers with Nick Nurse coaching and how Embiid has gotten better versus them every time out. He still loses to them, but he's gotten better at them versus them every time out. I, I can't put the Celtics as this prohibitive favorite. Like, well, we know the Celtics are coming out of the East. No. Like, there's opportunities, I think, to pick a team in the East and be like, if the matchups are right, this is the team I like. And that's kind of, if you're building a portfolio, that's what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, if they get the right sequence, who do I like the most? 
And for me, like it's not Boston because I think that there will be times when the offense stalls out. I think there will be matchups when Maz gets out coached badly. I think there will be times when Porzingis is missing time. So there's all these reasons why I don't want Boston on a futures market and I want other teams, but there will be a lot of matchups where I'm going to like Boston in that futures market. So the way to kind of look at this is you got to be very careful in how you're approaching this and not go too far in because there's a lot of inferior teams that can beat Boston, but they are better. And you have to respect that. I think when you're looking at the value. And Matt, you mentioned Philadelphia, maybe as a team that I talked about earlier in the year, uh, maybe maybe is the one to kind of unseat Boston as the, the conference finals uh, or the NBA finals participant on the Eastern conference side, obviously Embiid has to stay healthy. They're a five point road favorite against Orlando. We could talk about that game too. But part of the reason why I liked Philly early in the year, at least like, yeah, Embiid and his ascension might win back-to-back MVPs. Maxi's really good was the idea that there's this looming trade that might happen. And we don't, we didn't, you know, especially at the start of the year, we don't know who it's for. We don't know how many players they want to add. They have expiring contracts. Daryl Morey feels like maybe he's going to do something something splashy, but maybe not. Is that part of why you like Philadelphia too? Do you think that's going to happen? Trade deadline coming up here in a couple of weeks. So what I've heard is that they're still like making calls in terms of being active and seeing what's available then, but there's been nothing that has kind of sparked their interest. Like there's not a player that they've been like, that's the guy that we're going to go get. However, they like Milwaukee were like stealth under the radar very late in the Dame chase. So like that's probably what more is going to do is he's not going to telegraph anything. He's going to wait until we get to February, especially like don't distract the team. Let them keep winning at a high pace that that last week before the deadline. He'll try and see if there's something under the radar, because I do think there's a healthier market for Tobias Harris with, with where his contract is at as an expiring than there was when there were multiple years left on it. So I think Maury will always be looking for get the most talent, figure it out. That's always been his approach. It is tougher now because they are so good and you see the confidence and the way that they're playing and how it fits together. Like Nick Batum is legitimately one of the most impactful on-off guys in the league and he might get involved in a trade. Does that shake you up in terms of your on-court performance? You got to balance those things. But Maury is, is always more tending, tending to be like, eh, that's a short-term thing. I want long-term success. Um, my value on the Sixers is really just based off of coaching. It's that I look in the Eastern Conference and I go, I don't trust Missoula. I don't trust Adrian Griffin. I don't trust Tom Thibodeau. And then it becomes like Spolstra, Carlisle, maybe. And then it's like definitively Nurse. And Nurse is proving with the Sixers that he can take something that has previously not had answers and give them answers. They have more alternatives to the coverages that they're seeing this year than ever before. And you're seeing that consistently. You saw it in the Denver game. They threw different stuff at him and they had the answers for it. So for me, this is about this Sixers team. Honestly, if they make a dramatic change, I'm less likely to like them. I like the balance that they have right now where you let Nurse find answers. I don't want them to mess with that. I will feel worse if they go star hunting at the deadline. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Always fun and great to talk the NBA with our friend Matt Moore from the Buckets Podcast and the Action Network on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, we can get into bets for tonight's games in a moment, but uh, anything else that you've got for us in award market, anything big picture, macro take, betting on the NBA, we would love it. I don't think I took this out last week, but I'm going to go ahead and, and drive back out there. Jordan Clarkson's steaming up six man of the year. And for me, like that's the bet right now. It's plus 650. And that was 12 to 1, 18 to 1, 10 days ago. Uh, if he gets traded, he's getting traded to a team that is likely bringing him off the bench. That's the best role for him. 
I understand the the concern about like, oh, come on, is Utah really going to be good? Utah doesn't have what happened last year, which was Utah had a distinct reason to be like, yeah, we're going to send off some contracts. They don't have that this year. They have every reason to keep competing. And I do believe that a lot of what they've done with Will Hardy as coach has been adjusting to what they needed to do and just some normal stabilization of like Walker Kessler started off the real the year really badly. He's been better. Like they have a lot of weapons. The trades, if they make them, will not be let's dump some salary. It'll be, hey, let's get some upgrades. So I like Utah's runway. I like Clarkson's runway if he gets dealt. I think Clarkson's six man of the year plus 650. We've all been kind of looking for like what, what to do with this market because the best options are on teams that are bad. The Jazz are not bad. And so I'm in on Clarkson plus 650, six man of the year. I was uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast that came out yesterday, his NBA Power Pool, and he said something in the middle of it, and I just, as someone who bets awards, I like perked my ears up, and I had considered this this coach for coach of the year, uh, but you referenced that you don't think the Jazz are bad, and this is sort of a Carlisle-like conversation, like these teams that are surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Like, can Hardy win coach of the year? Simmons literally in the middle of the podcast goes, how is Hardy not the coach of the year right now? Like, just like, uninterrupted, just like, just blurts it out, and I just go... Well, I'm not saying he's going to win, but like, okay, like, are we going to start generating some noise off of this? And like, you know, they were supposed to be terrible. Can they, can he break the mold? Like how Carlisle could break the mold. Do you think Hardy has any chance to win coach? This guy was 150 to one two weeks ago and is now like 20 to one, 23 to one. You think he has any chance? No, I don't. Just because I just think when you look at it, um, a lot of the voters are influenced, like the the beat rider contingent of the vote, which is a significant chunk. It's up to 60% is beat riders. They're going to ask their coaches, hey, who do you think is coach of the year? Off the record, on the record, whatever. They're going to give them, they're going to ask them for their opinion. And those coaches are going to be like, Mark Dagonalt's doing this with kids, literal kids. Like, they, they are literally the youngest roster in the league on average. Most of them cannot rent a car because of the insurance question at age 25. So they're going to look at that and be like, that's doing the most with the least. You can look at the Jazz and be like, yeah, but they were a non-playoff team. And it's like, look, they Daniel's taking the thunder from a non-playoff team to they, they are a conference contender. That jump, much like we talk about with most improved, where it's you go from star to MVP candidate and that being greater than going from bit player to like, Oh, good starter. It might be tougher, but for how I think that they're going to judge the award, I have a lot more confidence in Dagonal or Finch. If he wins the West with solving the two big problem than I do in Will Hardy though. I think Will Hardy will finish definitely on the ballot as you know, he might even finish third. Yeah, he might finish behind Edge and Christian. Matt, let's close with this. Have about 45 seconds here. Our favorite bets for tonight in the NBA. All right, uh, so I'm on Celtics tonight minus five and a half. I I totally agree with the idea that the the Nuggets are probably a better should be better rated for a playoff. Like they should be higher favorites for the playoffs. But this isn't a playoff game. The Nuggets in the regular season on the road are not great. They are just simply not great. So um, we, I look at how Boston has been at home, how dominant they've been. Denver on the road. I don't like the matchup. Denver hasn't won there in four or five years. I think this is a big edge towards Boston. I actually think that they're underrated right now. Um, it's moved. It was five and a half. It's seven and a half. I like it to 10. I know that sounds crazy with the Nuggets. I'm telling you, the Nuggets are not that great of a profile team. Regular season on the road. Uh, I'm, I'm on the over in Heat Hawks. That number bottomed out. The, it took so much steam to go under. I still like the over. Like I like the, the over the original bad number I got last night. The Hawks and Heat are both over teams, so I like the spot for them. Hawks defense is not going to prove anything to me. Miami at home has been an over team this season, so I like the spot there as well. And I'm on the Lakers versus the Nets. 
the Nets, you can tell, are in, we're all going to get traded, aren't we? And once that happens and you're on a road trip, that's a recipe for disaster. The Lakers are great at home versus sub-500 opponents. That's a sweet spot for them. I like the Lakers minus seven tonight versus the Nets. Yeah, I love the story that came out that, like, Spencer Dinwiddie's, like, quiet quitting, like, on the court as a member of the Brooklyn yeah. Nets, right? I was just like, absolutely, absolutely. It's only making millions of dollars, whatever. Uh, yeah, right. Um, just close with this. We have 10 seconds here. What are you making for the game on Sunday for the Chiefs game? Slow cooker and uh, slow cooker enchiladas. They're absolutely amazing. Nice little nice one. Oh, it's a red sauce. I buy make it from scratch from home. Oh my god! Like it sounds unbelievable. I'm starving right now after hearing that. That's good stuff. Uh, on Twitter at HP Basketball. I, I mean, I, I got enchiladas, the Verde, the Suiza, the Mole, all sorts of good stuff. Action Network Buckets Podcast, NBA Bet Stream, my friend. Good luck to your Chiefs on Sunday. Good luck with the bets tonight. Stay well. Enjoy the enchiladas. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. I got a, I want an enchilada right now. On the other side, yeah. you'll have to settle for bets for tonight in the world of sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.